Hello, and welcome to one of the most anticipated episodes of the How to Cry Monster Saga. This episode is on demonic influence. This has the features of demonic obsession, demonic vexation, demonic infestation, and demonic possession. These four things have been the root of horror movies for the past, like, hundred years. And, um, demons have just been plaguing the minds of people recently. And according to, um, a priest, um, who is just so happens to be an exorcist, someone I interviewed recently, his name is Father Vincent Lampert, very famous exorcist. This guy performs 1,800 exorcisms a year. A year. And he has been an exorcist for the past 15 years. So that's a lot of exorcisms. Um, I've received a lot of information from him about this stuff. Uh, I will also be discussing some of what happened to our um, co-host and our friend Bella um, and her story. You may have heard a little tidbit of it from our personal experiences episode where we briefly touched on it. Um, So without further ado, I'll just like to ask you guys first, like, what do you think about demons? Well, we should introduce ourselves first. We we never (laughs) mentioned, like, oh, and I'm your host, Neil. Hi, and I'm Neil. (laughs) Okay. I'm kidding. I'm Joe, your sound guy. I'm Giselle, your co-host. I'm Jasmine, your co-host. And I'm Neil, the wonderful, the only, the guy, you know, the host. Um, so... What do you guys think about demons? I think in some circumstances, there could be a legitimate demonic possession of people. But what I, my main thing, my main theory about this is most of the time, eight or nine times out of 10, it is a a combination of one or two mental disorders or, you know, physical impairments that lead people to hold on to this archaic vision that, oh, this person's acting weird. This person's promiscuous. This person person's shaking all over the time. They must be possessed by a demon. Mm-hmm. When in reality, they could just have seizures with a mix of DID or any psychological thing. So that's my whole gist of it. But sometimes it could be legitimate. There are mm. some st- there are some cases that just cannot be explained by science. It's all a matter of faith, I think, because if if one believes in these things, I personally think it makes it more believable to the person believing these things. And um, as a person of faith myself, I 100% believe in the existence of these things. Of course, I cannot rule out, of course, that there are people who are being affected in different ways by their own mental states, because that is very much true. And um, when I discussed that sort of thing with Father Lampert, um, the exorcist, Um, I asked him, you know, like, how does the church know that someone isn't, like, faking it? Or, like, how does the church know if, um, like, someone just isn't, like, plagued by their own mental state? And he said that apparently the church has their own team of psychiatrists and, um, examiners. And they put these people through rigorous tests to psychologically evaluate them and and, um, physically evaluate them, you know? So that way they know, like, okay, um, 
So these people are undergoing um, either just a resurfacing of suppressed trauma or um, something along those lines, or they're just making it up, you know? And oftentimes he says that um, people who really are possessed or people who really have a problem with a demon um, tend to want to go through this process because they want to make sure they're not crazy. You know what I mean? Because like, if someone doesn't want to go through that whole process, then there's a chance that they're probably faking it and they just want attention. You know, because those kinds of people do exist. We've seen them all the time in like those ghost hunting shows and like all the stuff like that. And um, like according according to uh, Lampert, he said that um, the need for exorcisms has exponentially increased in the past 50 years. Why do you guys think this is? I think it's just because of the exposure that people have, maybe. Because nowadays, you can get exposed to like, oh guys, this happened to me by doing this. And people are like, that's fake. That's totally fake. I'm going to do that. Something similar happens to them. And then someone else kind of reads that story. And they're like, oh my god, that's so cool. I'm going to do that. Uh, and it's sort of just <laughs> like passing on like through the grapevine. Like the Ouija board? Yes. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Definitely the Ouija board, even though it's really made by a toy company. Some people are like, oh, I don't believe in it. The people are just like moving the thing. And then the next thing you know, somebody's possessed and they have to get like an exorcism. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oopsie I daisy. Think, <laughs> I think it's just like the fact that this whole entire communicating with demons, like the evil, the unknown has just been destigmatized but more so romanticized mm. mm-hmm. yeah especially with movies and stuff a lot of horror movies pretty sure that's like one of like the top topics for horror movies possession mm-hmm. so like pretty sure like every other horror movie has possession in it so when um when my father was a kid and he went to go see the movie the exorcist when it came out in theaters Um, He went to a Catholic school, uh, much like how I did when I was young, Um, and he he snuck with his friends, you know, to go see The Exorcist, and everyone was, like, cautioning everybody, you know, don't go see that movie, it's, like, the scariest movie ever, and stuff like that, and for that time, it pretty much was, still kind of is, to a certain extent, and um, The Exorcist, um, like, it scared a lot of people, and... um, and when my dad when my dad went back to school like the very next day you know like he couldn't sleep it like that night and um neither could any of his friends and stuff like that and he goes back to school and the priest comes in to his class and he's like sitting there on the desk and he's like shaking his head and he's just like i don't understand and he goes this movie n- now has people believing in demons but these are also the same people that don't believe in god Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is a huge mm-hmm. problem. And he said... Perfect storm. Yeah. And he said, um, if, um, like, how how is it that you can believe in demons and not believe in God and the other side? Like, that's a whole part of the equation. And he said, this is um, going to cause a lot of problems. And Vincent brought up this kind of situation, too, and he said that because people nowadays are more so starting to believe in demons and um, sometimes worship demons instead of worshiping God, they're bringing mm-hmm. on these kinds of consequences. Yeah, I was about to say like 
I think people believe in demons rather than God because they're more susceptible to understand why some things are evil, but they can't understand why some things are good. Mm -hmm. Because having faith in a good deity or a good deity, it's saying, like, I am putting my faith in you, that you will make things better. Right. Whereas where it's like if you have something bad like a demon, it's like I'm going to blame you for the bad things that are happening because they want to make their successes their own and their failures to put on someone else. Right. Yeah, and when you were saying people believe in demons rather than God, that's just tipping the scales completely. Of course havoc's gonna happen if you have people that are romanticizing, worshiping, and mentioning demons by name and still not having, you know, like the proper religious protection in some cases. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. And, um, like, uh, Lampert, um, yeah, he attributes this rise in uh, the need for exorcisms to a lack of faith. As people have been having a lack of faith in the past 50 years, um, no offense to any of the uh, atheists out there, but he personally attributes this to atheism. And the lack of having any faith, um, will bring on this kind of consequence, according to Lambert. And, um, I, I, you know, I expected that sort of opinion, um, man of God and man, you know, um, Mm -hmm. clergy. Um, and as a Catholic, I, I believe some of that to be true. I mean, um, regarding the real cases of demonic, um, intervention, demonic influence, it makes sense that they would try to prey on people who have a lack of faith. Because from what I've heard, most people with a lack of faith do end up getting preyed on. And like, Bella, on the other hand, isn't someone who has a lack of faith, though. Bella is someone who's um, very in tune with her spiritual side, very in tune with her religious connections, and um, um, so it was uh, quite interesting when I found out the real reason that she was preyed on by her demon, uh, whose name is Martha. Now, Martha was mentioned in one of our previous episodes. Um, This demon, apparently, she has had since she was 13 years old. She is currently 17 now, so she has had this demon for five years. And, um... Well, actually, December 2nd is her birthday. Oh. So she, yeah, it's her birthday today. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. You said happy birthday to her. That's right. (laughs) I forgot about that happy birthday, (laughs) Bella. Happy birthday, Bella. But, um... (laughs) Yeah, this episode's about you. So, um, yeah, so she got Martha when she was 13. So, um, I asked her, you know, what, what, what was Martha like when you first got her? So she explained to me that her house, um, was in like a four to five mile radius of an insane asylum or an abandoned insane asylum, I should say. Great real estate agent. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And um, with, and also within a 10-mile radius of um, where they buried bodies from that asylum. Only getting better. <laughs> so, um, she kept seeing um, this apparition, which was a little girl, and um, and she told me then at that point at that time that she said, you know, I should have. Well, you know, caution myself more because, like, demons like to take the form of children to, you know, get you to let your guard down. And so, um, she says, though, however, she thinks that this girl was a peaceful spirit before what happened. And I'll explain what that, what happened. So, um, the girl was a peaceful spirit 
um, not necessarily like good, not necessarily evil, just kind of neutral, you know, in between, not really doing anything, just kind of existing. Um, probably in limbo, tortured, uh, probably um, from what happened at the asylum. And um, she said that uh, some, one day um, she got taken over by a dark entity. This girl, this the girl, the spirit of this girl got taken over, corrupted by something. And I asked her why, why or how, you know. And that was when she told me that that same day her father had destroyed her Dreamcatcher. And um, Dreamcatchers are um, often known in Native American folklore and in um, just North America in general as being a way to keep away bad spirits and a way to capture bad dreams, etc. But um, little do many people know that sometimes they actually work. And she had made this dream catcher herself and her father deemed it as an unholy artifact you know as a you know christian man who didn't want any kind of like paganism i guess in her life destroyed this dream catcher and he soon realized the mistake he made not long after what eventually started happening um the thing with native american and um christian religions um, I heard from a, um, a medicine woman. She said that don't mix the two. She said if you wear um, Native American um, or spiritual um, stuff, like related to Native American stuff, she said don't wear it at the same time you wear Christian stuff. She said for some reason it creates a bad energy. And... Um, so it's always good to like alternate never wear them at the same time never have a dream catcher near a cross you know so um it'll create problems according to the medicine woman and um i found that to be very interesting because i've had dream catchers you know i've never broken one nor do i intend to of course but from according to my mom the best way to um cleanse them is to just simply clean them you know get a cloth just clean off the dust and then put them back up. And that's how you refresh it and get it to capture more. Um, so what do you think of this story about how she contracted Martha? I think it makes vague sense because if you destroy an artifact that's meant to ward off evil, re whatever religion or spirituality it's from, mm -hmm it mm -hmm. tends to have bad consequences yeah yeah and to have this peaceful spirit peaceful spirits exist in really all sort of spiritualities and religions every faith to have a dream catcher that's of native american origin being destroyed that leads me to believe that it is possibly sort of like this unholy for lack of a better term sort of conglomeration of both like a Christianity spiritual religion and a Native American spirituality as well because mm -hmm. um, I feel like different types of religions invoke different types of power and mm -hmm. um, of course I invoke different types of con consequence when you mix two different types of power you'll get two different types of consequences probably mixed so um what I learned recently um, is that in 
um, for, for what she experienced from Martha, at least, um, it started affecting her mentally first. So this is a sign of what's called demonic obsession. This is one of the first forms of demonic influence. Demonic obsession is a demon that messes with your head, causes you to have extreme horrible night terrors, um, prevents you from getting any sleep, may sometimes appear before you as a sleep paralysis demon. Um, in your case, Jazzy. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so on and so forth. Um, the next that the next stage is called demonic infestation. Infestation is when a demon haunts, basically, and I put that in quotes. It's when a demon haunts a place. However, I'm telling you guys this now. This is a new development that I have just learned. Uh, the Exorcist has informed me that demons are not bound by space and time, and that in fact they can be anywhere you are at any given moment. So. Any time that you go to a specifically haunted place, you have an extremely high chance of contracting anything that comes from that place. Because demons apparently travel through will. They are the only beings that travel through will. And if you will them to be there, they will be there. That's how they work. They can be at you in an instant. And um, he said that is basically why there is no place that is technically safe from a demon. But it's about how strong your will is to keep it away from you. And um, I know this partially because my mother very good at casting out demons. Um, and she simply just stands her ground, you know, just tells them to F off and um, uh, blesses the house and says her prayers and nothing has ever really happened and when i had my experience i had an I had a demonic obsession experience um with you know the sleep paralysis um and stuff like that my mom sent uh, according to her, her um my ancestors to come protect me and um when i started having these resurgence of stuff happening in college like several years later after these experiences she did it again and it went away and um, so I do think that there is, um, I think will definitely takes a um, part in it. Yeah, it takes a huge yeah. part in it. And um, I think what demons want is they want to deprive you of that will. They want to break you down so that way you believe that you are helpless. They want you to believe that there's no getting rid of them. Now, Bella... Bella's particular case has um, accelerated and it has um, gotten quite out of hand. So she has a problem what is called demonic vexation. So demonic vexation is when a demon will physically torture you. She has um, waken up with scratches. Mm -hmm. She has been physically hurt by this demon several times. It messes with her head, it messes with her family, and um, it tends to appear before her quite occasionally, um, and without any sleep paralysis necessary. This demon has a lot of power over her. And um, I talked to Vincent about this, and he said that he's willing to um, help her. So we may get an exorcism in the future for Bella. But um, that being said, the 
um, some of the other things. Uh, she experiences bruising um, and the scratches. They're always done in threes. And she says that it's supposed to be a mockery of the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. That's why demons do it in groups of threes. The witching hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A lot I, of evil happens with the I'm very curious. How has it affected her emotionally? Has she told you if she's like been more frustrated easily, been more depressed, been more perhaps even excited well, about things? Well, she, she, her emotional state is um, quite interesting right now. She says to me that she's more annoyed with Martha than she is like extremely scared as, as the demon wants her to be. But like she's still concerned because she doesn't want it to hurt um, her boyfriend and it, she doesn't want it to continue trying to hurt her family. And um, you see, what brought about this demon in the first place, and this is all I'm really going to say, is that she um, was also in a very bad emotional state at the time that, that all of this stuff started happening. She was in a very vulnerable state of mind and she had undergone some trauma. So. What demons like to do is they like to go after people with trauma. They like to go after people who have internal, you know, suppressed issues. And um, they like to feed off of that. They feed off of that suffering. And, like, um, it just started toying with her. And it's gotten to this point to where um, it crosses will break. They will fall off the walls and break. She had a silver cross that crumbled, like into dust almost when it was in her hand and then she even had um like there, there was one time when um she touched Martha's hand now that's the one time and, ti- and then when she <laughs> did she immediately ran to the bathroom and started puking up blood that's not great you, you hate to see that. And um, <laughs> did so, she describe the feeling of Martha's hand, like whether she it was said cold it was? Or... She said it was very cold. She Oof. said it, it felt cold and dead. Reptilian, and maybe. I don't know, but um, that's all I. That's all she said was that it was very cold, and also apparently Martha changes form from time to time. So she said that bit by bit she's been changing her facial features. So she said she's nearing the completion of her final form, and that's why she wants to get rid of her as soon as possible, because she doesn't want to know what she looks like, what she really looks like. So, because at the time when Max, um, her boyfriend, saw her, it was uh, it was night, um, he was watching YouTube videos, and suddenly it, it hit her, and she was just like, she's here. And he, w- and he had not seen her before this point. It's not like he didn't believe her. He was kind of, he was supporting her and, you know, but he'd never seen her. And so he was like, I don't know whether or not this is something that just affects her or like anyone else. But, um, she, I can't remember like why she was prompted to turn off the lights, but she did. And, um, that was when he saw her and, um, He's, and then he was like, you know, screw it, turn the lights back on, you know, just like turn them on right now, please turn them on. And like he started almost crying because he was like, turn them on. And um, because Martha, um, Martha appeared in the corner of the room and dark, um, 
she she didn't have a uh, that much detail to him but to her, of course to Bella she had a lot more detail um but then when the second light was turned off Martha grew Martha basically ascended to the ceiling kind of lurched over as if the room was too big for her looking over them in okay. essence um she said Bella said she'd never seen Max that scared for his life before and um like that was that that was one of the encounters that I that she told me about him having now I understand uh Giselle you have a story about Max oh yeah um and I can 100% vouch for the fact that Max never gets scared he is one of the most like toughest people mentally and physically that I know to, to hear that like I'm getting chills because I've felt Martha's presence in a room just because of how the air kind of got staticky and still and everything got colder mm -hmm. but I've never seen her face and I'm really ho hoping I'm really hoping that I never do but um, this happened in Max's dorm mm -hmm. and Bella was over at his dorm to learn how to play guitar Yeah. so Max knows how to play guitar and Bella's like, I feel kind of weird, but not really bad. Max is like, okay, if you want, you can take some medicine. She's like, no, 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 it's fine. He starts playing his guitar, and immediately Bella's like, whoa, stop. Your music's like too loud. I'm getting a headache. Like, I feel nauseous and everything. So he stops. The minute he stops, she's like, okay, I feel fine. I think it's just really loud. I'm going to try playing myself. She plays on her own guitar that mm -hmm. she has nothing happens max tries playing her guitar same thing happens just a hundred times worse oh my and then she feels martha and she's like okay martha does not like it and they try it out she said that she was like experimenting with it to see just how far martha would go which is already a little bit sketchy <laughs> but martha does not like when max touches the guitar and absolutely hates it when Max plays the guitar, especially if it's Bella's guitar. And that will cause Martha to make Bella go kind of haywire physically. Like I said before, mm -hmm. like the nauseousness, the chills, the headaches. It's the fact that the demon can do this is extremely terrifying. Yeah. Can I ask what Martha looks like has she like described like what exactly martha looks like um i don't think she has described that to me but um i feel like when i did ask her about it uh she seemed like she wasn't in a good um mental state to talk about it as if um this as if almost nearly trying to think about what she was looking like was affecting her deeply and um I mean, when I had interviewed Bella uh, not too long ago, and I had her over in my dorm, and I had my friend Mel with me, and uh, I was I was basically just like, you know, um, like let me let me try let me try and do some things. So I had holy water, and um, I gave her some, and she said um, that it was that she was starting to get like headaches and stuff like that mm -hmm. and i and i was telling her um and i said okay okay and i said 
it's a good thing. And then I was like, now I want you to read this. And um, so I had her do the Holy Trinity, and then I gave her this prayer called the Exorcism Prayer. Um, this is a prayer that is only meant to be said by priests, so I didn't say this. So I just said, just read it to yourself in your head, you know, just look it over and tell me what happens. And so she started reading it, and, and I said, I told her, it'll, Martha will try to get you to lose focus, but keep reading. And it's a long prayer, it's like three pages long. So um, as she read the whole thing, she made it through it, and she said that like her head was like throbbing. Like she had, like she was getting like a massive migraine. And then I was like, and I was like, okay, okay. And I was like, so um, Martha now knows that um, you are connected to God. And I said, she wants you to continue hurting. So even though she threatens you with hurting, she's scaring you by hurting you. And the hurt only makes it worse because it makes you not want to be anywhere near near anything holy because it, because it causes her to hurt you. Mm-hmm. So, but I said to her, I said, you have to have a strong will. I said, you have to... Um, be strong, you know, every single time she comes before you, you gotta be strong. And I said, don't let her take control of you. And I said, I'll put you in contact with Vincent so that way um, you and him can have a chat and talk things out. Because when I talked to Vincent, I felt way more sound. Because when you're hearing the voice of an actual exorcist, like it was almost as if I was being exercised while interviewing him. Like, I'm not even kidding. Mm -hmm. Like, I hadn't felt more at peace than when I was talking to this guy because I was really uneasy about the whole subject and I was I was kind of scared myself because like I, I was concerned about Martha and how it was affecting Bella and then when Vincent talked to me and I was just like I felt way better and um and that night um Mel said that she had some interesting things happen to her she said she thinks it might have been as a result of being around Bella um and i did too um some things started happening you know um but i i wasn't gonna let it bother me um i saw a shadow taking shape um getting big kind of just lurking around me and um i laughed to myself you know and i was just i was just like oh you know it's about time and I was just like I was like you have no power here <laughs> I told her I sold I told her I said you have no power here and I said and I had my rosary and I had my holy water and I had my book and I was like I cast you out and I was like get out of here and then never again he really said Yeet. <laughs> I said be gone thought and she left so but of course it was I stopped it early because I'm sure if I didn't stop it early, then I would have probably had more things happen. But unfortunately, Bella's been dealing with this for the past five years. Yeah. So she has it like ten times worse. So, um, what do you guys, what do you guys think of um, Bella's story? Like, what do you think of Martha? Do you think Martha can be gotten rid of? 
Martha is the worst. As someone who has been in a room with Bella multiple times, who has felt Martha's presence, she is the most suffocating thing you will ever feel in your life. Like Neil, I'm sure you can attest to that. When she is interfering with Bella, it's like you can feel it in the room. Mm-hmm. Like that something's there, that something's happening, and you want to just get out. You want to look away. But you can't really make yourself look away because it's like, attention, I'm here, all eyes on me, look at what I can do to this person. Mm-hmm. And it's very kind of like humbling to know that like there are these evil powers out there who have the power to do this. Yeah. Martha is something that I do not want to interact with. And she is something that I take extra precaution against. And she is just, it is a matter of will. And I know exactly what you're talking about when you mentioned crosses falling and breaking. Mm-hmm. For, for more context with that, Bella has, or had, should I say, an iron cross necklace. Yeah. Solid iron. This thing was heavy. It could probably kill a man if it was swung fast enough. And Bella was just about to put it on, holding it in her hand, and it started crumbling and tarnishing in her hand. And it broke. Oh, I just got chills. (laughs) I only met Bella personally once and I can tell you like maybe it's just like my curiosity I had no idea she had a demon until like we were talking about it in the podcast but I knew like automatically I was like drawn to her I don't know if it was like Martha or like my curiosity but I can't even like imagine like being around a demon let alone like being possessed by one for like since she was 13 Mm-hmm. That's insane. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really, I like, it's intoxicating when you're around her. It's like you want to be closer. I like. And you want to know more. You want to talk. You want to, like, share your secrets and, like, yourself. Yeah. I was, like, immediately drawn. Like, I, like, it was almost like a pull where yeah. I was, like, like her. Like, on my mind, yeah. it was just, like, her. Talk to her. And, like, even before I knew she was, like, in the podcast, I was sitting in the library and we were just, like, talking. Mm-hmm. It's was like part of it can be attributed to Bella because she just has like a really nice personality. She's really funny and sweet, mm-hmm. but there's something unnatural about it that's insane. Yeah, and um, like when, when I talked to Vincent, Father Vincent, um, God bless him, very great guy. Um, uh, honestly, like, um. So I asked him, I said, I have this friend, um, her name is Bella. She has this problem with a demon named Martha. And I said, what should be done about this? And he said, well, this is a this is what's called demonic vexation, you know? And um, he said, this is characterized by um, bites, marks on the skin, um, bruises, nausea, you know, like stuff like that. And then he said, uh, in order to get rid of a demon like this you need to determine the entry point and he said um and he said this could there's a really it's a really hard to determine an entry point but usually can be attributed to one thing and he said usually sometimes for people nowadays it's attributed to a ouija board or um trauma or ghost hunting and stuff like that and he said those kinds of things will awaken demons and um so 
He said that demons, one demon, can affect multiple people at once. And with Martha, um, some quick context about her name. The name came to Bella's mother randomly. And Bella was asking, like, what is this thing that I'm dealing with? And her mother said, Martha. And that's what it became known as. According to my mom, uh, naming demons gives them power. Yeah. And there we go. Mm -hmm. So that's one. But it named itself. So, uh, apparently. I mean, Bella's mom was fighting not to say the name. And then mm. she said it. And then that's how that came about. But, um, and ever since then, um, that's she, her, even worse. her little brother would yeah. get, um, would have math tests and like you know how in math tests like you'll have names on like some of the word problems mm -hmm. where it would be like um Abby. Jasmine and Giselle mm -hmm. went to the store and bought like 70,000 watermelons and like oh, um to, to make a fruit salad or like fruit um salad. so yummy, yummy. so apparently he had like a whole math test you know that had like a whole bunch of these names on it right one night leaves it out on the counter they come back it's almost as if it was like retyped. Every name was Martha. Oof. Oh, oh that's oh, so no. much worse. And um, that's so much worse. There was one case. Um, Bella told me about a good ghost, a good spirit in her house named George that they know of, oh, yeah. who protects her brother, who protects her younger brother, and that's why he hasn't been as um, affected by Martha as everyone else. So then there was one math problem that that had both Martha and George's name in it, and um, just something interesting. So, um, as uh, Lampert said, demons are not affected by time and space. Their movement is based on thought and will. If you think it, they will be there. They can play on your memory and imagination. According to Vincent, the best safety is to surround yourself with the armor of God. If we do not have a relationship with God, or we have a declining faith in God, we will become susceptible to demons. Now, God, I believe in this case, is, a, is attributed to most, if not all, faiths. Having faith in something, something good, something that will keep these things away from you, no matter what this is, like God comes to people in multiple ways you know and um like I, I, for Vincent he's um like one of the very few um public exorcists like most rec exorcists are quite recluse or mm -hmm. only show up by special requests but no he takes requests from all over the world from Hong Kong Central African Republic Norway Canada wow. like um he even does exorcisms through Zoom. Love that. He's probably got Zoom premium. <laughs> his, his airline miles must be like insane. Right? I personally think that, I think his voice is just, is just that good enough to get rid of anything. When you're like an ordained exorcist, like you already have a lot of power yeah. against that kind of evil. So... What does everyone? Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> Spooky. What does everyone else think? What do my audience think about exorcism? Have you ever had an exorcism? Do you need an exorcism? Do you got a problem with ghosts and demons? Maybe you need a greater faith or something like that. Who knows? At the end of the day, it's all about will. 
Whether or not you can will these things away is up to you. If you can find a way to keep these things off of you, if you can find a way, do it. Don't be susceptible to them. They want you, they want you to think that you are helpless. We will update you guys um, on what happens with Bella. Um, we will hopefully uh, have a conclusion to this. And that being said, I'm your host, Neil Nestor. I'm your co-host, Giselle. And I'm your co-host, Jasmine. And I'm the guy behind the soundboard, giving you everything you hear. Be safe out there, folks. <laughs>